what is going on everybody welcome into the buffalo blitz this is lance here with peter over yonder and sandwiched right in the middle of us <laughs> is our guest tonight dan tortora from wake up call with dan tortora dan how are you man doing well guys i appreciate y'all having me here tonight and uh, and i'm excited for the opportunity to talk about the draft this is like a lot another christmas for me it's right after my half birthday so i'm ready yeah. i'm ready for a little run into it I, I get very impatient after march madness ends because i need the draft to begin and so i'm excited for the week absolutely peter yeah. how you doing brother i'm doing good so lance before we get into our our topics our obviously one of our main topics is going to be the draft but before we get into tonight's topic lance promo code what is our sponsor and why are we here we're here to tell you about underdog fantasy if you download or sign up for on the web underdog fantasy using the promo code blitz you'll get 100 deposit match up to 100 and underdog fantasy is the best daily fantasy app on the market it is you guys use code the blitz promo code the promo code blitz at underdog fantasy and before we get to tonight's topic We've talked about this on our social media platforms. We talked about it on tonight's, our last couple weeks show, our draft show. Seven o'clock on Friday, we'll be breaking down the second and the third round of the draft. Lance and I will be there from 7 p.m. Eastern all the way to the draft, to the conclusion of the draft. We're going to have special guests, Stevie Johnson, former Buffalo Bills wide receiver, We'll be coming on at 7.30. That's correct, right, Lance? 7.30? Yes, coming and chopping up with Stevie. We're going to have some other guests as well. We're breaking down the second and the third round of the draft until it closes, when it begins. It's going to be a fun night. You guys don't want to miss it. We're excited. I know Lance is excited, so you guys don't want to miss it. And as always, the comment section is open. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, drop a comment. We're going to be talking with some Syracuse prospects. Maybe the Bills could be targeting for the first half of the show. But then... We'll break down the entirety of the draft or what's left of our breakdown. And, yeah, let us know what you guys think. Yeah, comment section is open. Let's see what we guys got. So, Dan, you're our guest, man. So, you're, obviously, that Syracuse is neck your woods. That's your, that's your niche. So, I'm going to start with the Bills side of things. So, what Syracuse prospects do you think the Bills should be targeting? Well, you know, I mean, I think that, honestly, any one of these guys can can fit in with any team. And I think that, you know, it would behoove, listen, Matt Bergeron, I talked with Dino Babers after the spring game and he said to me, you know, man to man that of, of the record that he had, as far as the highest somebody has been drafted, he thinks that Matt Bergeron could, could beat that. And um, I got the opportunity to talk with him very recently here about a lot of different things that he's done. One of the one of the uh, things that he's gotten to do recently was to come out and see the Bills on site, on location. It was the last trip that he took going into this draft. So, you know, I think Buffalo's definitely got to look at that. You got to protect Josh Allen. We know how important that is. And you know, I think Michael Jones, a linebacker. Listen, I think he's gonna he's gonna drop in some boards probably a day three guy, but still a guy that's talented that could do a lot of different things. He's a hungry player. And I think that you can kind of use him as a hybrid. And I know we're going to break down all of them, but you know, Garrett Williams is a steal. Cause I, I think that 
people might focus on injuries that have happened, but they don't focus on when he is healthy that the player that you'd be getting in that respect, I think people are going to underpay for him, which is going to be good for whatever team picks him up. But I, Matt Bergeron, he's, he's a special talent and he played four years. He started as a true freshman in a bunch of games. I mean, he's played right tackle. He's played left tackle. They're looking at him to play exteriorly, interiorly. And I got a lot of things to say about him tonight. So I'm not going to say too much in the intro, but yeah, I mean, I think Buffalo would be smart to look at everybody. And, and normally, no matter who the coach is with the Buffalo Bills, they keep a pretty good eye on the community in this area. And they seem to bring in guys for workouts from Syracuse, no matter where they think they're going to be drafted or if they think they're going to be drafted. They've brought in a ton of guys over the years, Kingsley Jonathan, Julian Wiggum, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So they definitely do their due diligence in upstate New York. I will say that. Yeah, I was really bummed that we didn't get Andre Cisco coming out of Syracuse. Obviously, I was wildly familiar with him, and I think I talked to you about him uh, before because he's actually with your team there. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this on the show, but I'm going to do it anyway, so forgive me in advance. <laughs> yeah, yep, there he is. <laughs> so Andre Cisco got to the got to go to the Jaguars, which is super cool for you because I mean you you know you know the guy covered him in, in college, and then yeah. he goes to the pros, right? And you're just able to kind of follow him right along in his career. So talk a little bit about you know how cool it is to to follow that trail, you know, coming from your alma mater or your 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 hometown team, and then going uh, off from college to um, to the pros as well. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I've had the blessing of covering the Jaguars longer than any other credential I have in my life. It's been, if it's not 13 years, it's close right now. I think we're either coming off at 12 or still in year 12. But, I mean, it's it's been such an honor for me to, to be connected to them. And they brought in Syracuse guys before that have been tied there, be it a coach or be it a player. I do a thing called the Cisco Chronicles, and I've had the opportunity of, Speaking with him all season long, I, when he went to Jacksonville, I was able to do an interview by by the uh, graciousness of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. And then this whole season from the first home game went over, you know, right when you walk in, his locker's right to the right. So I walk in, talk to him there, it typically uh, toward the tail end of me doing interviews in the locker room. And we've been able to talk all season long about Syracuse, about Jacksonville, about what he's done, about the guys that are coming up. And it's it's been an awesome time to see, you know, the Jaguars win, to see how they've done it and, and just to see how the locker room has, has totally changed. And I mean, covering Cisco, I'm I'm so spoiled because Syracuse fans got to see him and then they miss him. And I get to bring Cisco to them all season long, which is uh, which is awesome for me. And I love being around him. I mean, he, he's a hell of a player. And I don't, I mean, I totally forget that he's been in the league for, you know, a couple of years. And it doesn't even make sense to me because he doesn't attack it like that. He attacks it like a veteran. He's, he's a great talent for the team. And I really hope that he continues to blossom and grow. And I, I hope that they see value in him in the future because they've needed a lot of help at safety and they stole him in the third round, in my opinion. So. Dan, I got a, I got a question. We talked about Matthew Bergeron and he's the one prospect. I like Sean Tucker. I like Garrett Williams, but I don't know how high the Bills are in the cornerback market and the running back market. Yeah. Uh, more, of, They're probably more of a day three team in that regard, which might fit a Sean Tucker, maybe potentially Garrett Williams. But they're in the tackle market. A lot of Bills fans 
hope they're in the tackle market. So I, on my board, I got Matthew Bergeron as a second-round prospect. A lot of people have him in, uh, dead to right in the second round. And I've also read some things that people are afraid, not afraid, but he also might have to play guard in the next level. And I know he wanted to play left tackle. Most people see him as a right tackle. So like, what is his, like, what is his fit? Do you, do you see him as a guard? Do you see him as a tackle? Like, where do you see where, if the bills did take him in the second round, where do you think he would fit? Well, you know, I think that, you know, him and I on the show talked about Justin Pugh and Justin Pugh coming from Syracuse was a tackle. He shifted to guard and how tall is Justin Pugh? Six, five. How tall is Matt Bergeron? Six, five. How much does yeah. Justin Pugh weigh? 310, 311. And where's Burge? I think he's like 318. So it's it's almost exactly the same. And he actually got to talk to Justin going into the draft here and spend some time with him because he said, you know, people are going to look at me and say, you know, he's 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 kind of the normal average when it comes to the, you know, his his arm, you know, his wingspan and his arm length and his height and all this stuff. So you know, he, he said that on the show that people are going to see me and think, okay, he looks like the average Joe, but there's so much more to my game that he wants people to see and people to understand. So, you know, I think, could he fit in at tackle? I, I think he could. I mean, I look at teams around the country that have had to shift guys around from center to guard, from guard to tackle, tackle to guard because of injuries and different things that have happened and the guys that they trust the most. I mean, I think in today's NFL, you have to be more than prepared to put yourself in a position as an offensive lineman where you could play any one of those five positions. If you're just one guy, I don't think you're as valuable, you know, and, and I think, I mean, I talked to Berge about, you know, some things that he did. I mean, listen, he went to the senior bowl and at the senior bowl, all 32 teams got to interview him. Then at the combine, 17 teams got to pick to interview him. Then at Syracuse Pro Day, the teams that maybe didn't get to him of those seven, the 17 that got him, the rest of the league had an opportunity to reach out to him there. And then from there, he went on a ton of visits, which he chronicled when he was on wake up call. So, you know, I, I, I honestly think that a team that gets him is maybe getting a guy that people think is, is just your prototypical guard, but someone who could play tackle. And I mean, he's had a chip on his shoulder forever. He's from Victoriaville, Quebec, Canada. No respect. Not a lot of people coming out of Canada. Not a lot of look to Canada. He didn't find Syracuse or he Syracuse didn't find him. He found Syracuse. He went to their camp. He put himself out there. It was the only offer that he got. So he knows his back's against the wall. But if it says anything about a Syracuse guy who didn't belong in the NFL to some people and Justin Pugh, he's played a decade, same weight, same height. I think Burge could play guard or tackle. And I think maybe some teams will put him in at guard right off the bat. But there's also some teams that have talked to him that got rid of one of their tackles in the offseason here. And so, I mean, I, I, th I think they're looking at him at both. And the one thing I could say about Matt Bergeron, without doubt, is wherever you put him, that man's going to earn his place on the field. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that uh, for me, I love Justin Pugh. Obviously followed him his entire career. Um and, and guy, you know, as I do, anyone it is kind of rare for Syracuse guys, football or basketball, really to, to hit the pros. Right. So when they do, um, yeah. it's just a sense of pride to be able to follow those guys, uh, wherever they go. So, um, I know he was a free agent. I was kind of clamoring to, to have him come up to Buffalo as well. So I, I'm just, uh, I'm glad to hear that Bergeron's going to, going to get with Justin and has got with him and, and gotten some, uh, some guidance here. And, and as one of our guys in the comments said, and I've seen this elsewhere too, that Bergeron could, end up at 
27 with the Buffalo Bills. He, he may not be yeah. a day two pick. He may um, start rising on some boards. And the versatility is something that the Bills really covet. So I think that it's a really cool um, cool thing to have a, a kid from Syracuse just being uh, in in a being able to profile him and being able to haven't already watched his games. I don't have to do much extra work on him because I've already, you know, seen what he's got going on. So um, it was a team captain as well. So just, you know, he's got the right mentality to to come into the league and he's a, he's a natural uh, leader. I think um, just because he's leading by example, he's proven to everyone he belongs. And, and like Dan was saying, so, so really cool stuff on, uh, on Bergeron. I think my opinion of him was the same. I think he could be a guard. Uh, would love to see him compete for the right tackle because, as you know, we have uh, a right tackle in Spencer Brown and then another swing tackle with Questenberry. But um, I really feel like we could be better off with just about any uh, rookie other than Spence Brown, Spencer Brown. So uh, <laughs> hoping that we're all wrong on that. But I think he got like a grade of like a three or something from uh, from one of the people that were grading the different positions around the league there. So yeah, it's a uh, right tackle is an interesting spot. And I think Matt could step in there and um, handle his own if he had to. Yeah. You know, and when you look at it, I mean, if you, if people are talking about day two, I still think that he's, he's a potential day one guy. You look toward the tail end of the first round, the Jacksonville Jaguars got rid of Juwan Taylor, let him go from his rookie contract off to Kansas city. And he knows that. I, I talked to him about Jacksonville because Jacksonville worked him out. You know, the offensive line uh, worked him out at Pro Day. And he's and I said to him, I was like, hey, did you know? And he finished my sentence. He was like, that Jawan Taylor's gone and they need a right tackle? Yeah, I know. So 24 is Jacksonville. <laughs> 25, the Giants, who need some yeah. help as well. 27, Buffalo. 28, Cincinnati. I mean, you got to think about it is if some of these mock drafts, and, and I'll be doing one myself here as we get closer, but I've done some simulations kind of en route to my mock draft. And in doing a few simulators, I've gotten to that pick, you know, that that mid-20s pick. And there's like three, there's usually four tackles left. And Burge is one of those guys. And depending on some of those guys that are left, I would take him above some, below some, but right there in that region. So I don't know why we're kind of looking at, round two and and that's it I I think he's a round one talent and with everything that he's done I mean I think what this past season in 2022 686 snaps and he only allowed I think it was five sacks and he had three penalties when I talked to him about that he remembered the exact penalties the exact (laughs) games and if I'm an NFL GM I love that yeah, absolutely. That's really that's really cool. Um, and someone came in and said uh, about Tommy Doyle as well. Tommy Doyle is a left tackle more. I know he's he could. He's a tackle. He could, and uh, he tore his ACL. Didn't he come? Is he coming off an ACL injury? Oh, he's coming off one. But he, anyway, he's week a left tackle. Miami or no week three Miami, Miami. week three. Uh, yeah, that's right. Dan. So another. I know Lance is very high on the Syracuse uh, prospect, Sean Tucker. So obviously, a lot of people have him. I guess some people have him around three, but he's kind of sitting with the day three, a little bit injury, his uh, concerns. And obviously just had his pro day. Obviously the bills were one of the teams that were there. Give us a little breakdown in Sean Tucker and what he could potentially bring to an NFL team or the bills. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I appreciate the question. I mean, listen, Sean Tucker, this is a guy that out of Owings, Maryland, that people didn't, you know, people weren't talking about. They weren't thinking about, he was on Syracuse's team as a fourth stringer at best on the team. He ended up playing 
in the COVID year because Abdul Adams and Jarvion Howard, because they decided to opt out. And after they opt out, Jawar Jordan Jr. got injured during the season. So Sean Tucker might have never been seen in a Syracuse jersey if not for two opt-outs in a COVID year and an injury. So I always say that one of the best things that ever happened to Dino Babers was a happy mistake. And with the opportunity of, of Sean coming out, I mean, listen, kid chip on his shoulder, not a lot of respect for Maryland, not a lot of respect for him at all. And, and on the team, he had to work for everything he had. He comes in and he finishes by just giving us so much at Syracuse, the first Syracuse running back to have back-to-back thousand-yard rushing season since Delon Carter did it in 2009 and 2010. He was the first running back to a thousand yards at Syracuse on the ground since Jerome Smith, who did it in 2012. It was almost a calendar decade between Jerome Smith and Sean Tucker for him to break that, which a lot of people were hoping that that would happen. It happened with Sean Tucker, and then he did it back-to-back. 1,496 yards in a single season, defeated the record that was held by uh, Joe Morris. And with that record being held by Joe Morris, I mean, Joe Morris has a ton of records in Syracuse history. To break his single-season rushing record is insane. 1,496 yards, and that was in 2021. And then beyond that, overall, he rushed over three seasons, not four, Three seasons at Syracuse, 3,182 yards. So he's passed the 3,000-yard back club. And then he has 27 rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns, which I think he's better at receiving the ball of the backfield than maybe he gets credit for. And yeah, beyond that, so we look at uh, you know double-digit rushing touchdowns in 2021 with 12, this past season in 2022 with 11, and he averaged 5.3 yards a carry over his three seasons at Syracuse, one of those seasons 6.1 yards per carry. So, I mean, it's like numbers on numbers on numbers on numbers. I think the question that that GMs are going to say to him, and maybe they already have, are, you know, against the big name teams, why didn't Dino run the ball with you? Did he not trust you? You know, what was it just part of the scheming? Like, why weren't you out there against Clemson like you were against some of these other teams? So I think that could be a question that comes up. I think his pass blocking could be a question that comes up. And, you know, beyond that, I, I think they might ask him, you know, can you really catch the ball out of the backfield and how healthy are you? I mean, this guy played dinged up a lot. So the question was what was going on injury wise that he doesn't compete in the combine and he doesn't compete in the typical Syracuse pro day. But then at the same time, the guy played through injury for his entire time at Syracuse for the most part, like two thirds of it. So, I mean, I, I, I've seen his body change. I've seen him get you, you, he's lost the body fat. He's gained so much muscle from his first season to his second season. His body totally changed and his numbers don't lie. I think the biggest question marks are going to be against those big name teams in that big competition, pass blocking and catching out of the backfield. I think those are going to be his biggest questions and hopefully he can answer those. Yeah. The one thing I thought he was really good at was catching out of the backfield when I watched him. So, I mean, yeah. uh, I watched, nearly every snap he took at Syracuse um, or listened to it on the radio. So, I mean, I guess that's different, but either way, you know, it's like he, the kid definitely was something that you had to watch because he did have the home run threat. Uh, yeah. I think he could score from just about anywhere on the field. And um, they, they did want to feed him uh, certain games. So the games that they definitely were trying to feed Sean Tucker, um, 
that became a even more fun game to watch for me because then you're starting to look uh, more at the linemen winning the battles at the line. And that's kind of the way I love to, to watch the game. So I think that Tucker was, was a very um, exciting guy out of the backfield. You can hand it off to him. You could throw it in Syracuse doesn't hand it off. Not necessarily a ton either They They like to, to throw that screen game, I think, and they like to swing it wide. And I don't, they're seeming to slow down. I think in the last couple of years, maybe it's not orange is the new fast anymore. But no. but I think they, but they still have that that tempo, and they still have um, some of the swing pass concepts that they like to utilize uh, to both to the receivers and the running backs. Yeah, you know, and I think I think the receptions that he had. Uh, 20 in 2021 and 36 in 2022. I think more of a, a question. I wouldn't be questioning as much of him catching out of the backfield. I think uh, maybe that other piece that the GMs would look at is running between the tackles and his ability to break from being in the interior part of the line, because we know what he could do when given a hole and given an opportunity. And we know what he could do on the outside. And as soon as you get him the ball, we know if there's a guy in front of him, he can make that guy miss. If he has a step, He's going to make the most of it, and he's been really good. But in tight quarters, can he break free, I think is a big question. Izzy's coming in. Part of the Red Zone Report, one of the built-in Buffalo members. Sean Tucker was a beast, loved him. My thoughts on Sean Tucker and something you brought up with the pass protection, right, like pass blocking. And obviously when you're, I guess, a rookie, when you're a date or you're a second, third, fourth-round pick, obviously you want to come in and you want to be a good pass blocker. So that's obviously – I wouldn't say that's a red flag – at all because I think Sean, I love Sean Tucker in college. I also loved his Twitter game. He was hilarious every time after the games. Uh, he tweeted his performance. I thought that was um, fun. Obviously, that's nothing to do with his uh, on-field ability, but I thought that was a sounds like a cool personality for not knowing the kid. But, yeah, obviously yeah. the pass blocking, the injury thing's a little weird, not the combine, not the Syracuse Pro Day. And, obviously, he has a lot of um, tread on those tires just because – he would play, and a lot of running backs usually do when they come out of college. So there's a lot of things why he might slip in the draft. But do you do you see the pass uh, protection, uh, Dan, being like a major concern, or just one of those things that he needs to get better at? You know, I don't see it as an overtly terrible red flag on him. I mean, there's other guys that I've watched where I was very concerned. I don't see this as a main concern for him. I think it is. A concern. I think it is a something they could circle and kind of question and why I think, you know, day three is is probably his day. But at the same time, if I put him up against other running backs I've seen come through Syracuse in the last decade, I'm not as concerned about him as I am with other people. I think I think the thing with Sean that that's hard for me is that his numbers that I you know, read off here, there's so many great numbers. But at the same time, we saw a dip this year. And I just, I wish he had an uptick. I wish they handed him the ball more against Clemson. I wish there was more things that were done to really showcase him because he got to a thousand yards, but it, it just, it just felt like this year they didn't lean on him as much. And I think some of that is scheming. Some of it might've been you know, maybe he's not 100% this day, and this is just me prognosticating. It's not me saying that he came to me before the game and said, hey, I'm not 100%. But, you know, I, I think, Sean, he's he's a talented back who I really enjoy, and he has a fight in him and a dog mentality that reminds me of one of my closest friends, Rob Drummond, who played for Syracuse. And Rob was obviously taller, but there's something about Sean that 
makes me think of that. And I thought of that from the beginning. I like him. I think he's going to be day three no matter what. And I really don't want him to drop off. I don't want him to drop off the board completely because of injury or because of questions here and there. I think that this guy is going to work his tail off wherever he goes. Nobody gave him anything and he had to fight like hell to get it. So I, I, if it was me and I'm drafting rounds four through seven and I'm in round five or six and I got a spot or two, I'm going to call Sean Tucker and I would be more than happy to give him an opportunity. Again, I think underpay over deliver is what he can bring to a team. I just wish that this season had a little bit more oomph to it as a team and individually for him that could help him get a little bit higher. But, you know, I I think he's going to be a day three guy. And if he doesn't get picked, it's going to be really heartbreaking because I, I, there's no world where I think he doesn't deserve to hear his name called. Yeah. And it sounds like he did do some drills here. I didn't think he ran the 40, but they're posting on NFL draft buzz that he ran a four five four, which isn't spectacular, but it's not terrible. I think he's, you know, that might be, the big thing about him, he doesn't have blazing speed and um, everybody wants speed these days. But I, I think, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy to look at late rounds, sixth, seventh round. And uh, I agree. He's just going to uh, be the hardest working guy, you know, in the, in the gym. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to him. And, and, and he didn't get to do, I mean, pro day wise, when he did do his at Syracuse, there wasn't a lot that, you know, there was only two measurables that they gave us. And, and those are the ones that I posted. So, you know, any, anything else that that came up from him, I know that they were saying he was posting some stuff and doing some individual things and whatnot, but I mean, his vertical looked good and, you know, he was obviously able to bench, which was a good thing to see. I'm just happy he got to do something before the draft because getting invited to the combine and not seeing him compete. And then, having pro day and seeing him, you know, there, but not doing the drills to me, it's like he couldn't afford that because of where his draft stock already was. So the fact that he got to do something, I'm happy. And, you know, I just, I hope that he answers a lot of those questions running between the tackles, pass blocking and, and also in those big games, why he didn't get the ball as much. And they're not releasing. I think you said this before, but they're not really releasing, his ailment now and it's it's just kind of weird if he can jump and he can bench then he's got to be fairly intact physically so um do you how far up the board do you think he could have went by a solid pro day performance uh, or i'm sorry a solid performance at at the combine or at his pro day i guess you can comment on one or both yeah i mean honestly i think the answer to both is the same for me i think if he had a good combine and or a good pro day and was able to do, you know, cone drill, able to do the 40 and all of that. I still, I still would have put him on day three. I think that's, that's where he was going to land no matter what. That's a ceiling. Yeah. You know, may, maybe, maybe round four, maybe a late pick in round four and early pick in round five is, is, is where I see him. And that's just me being honest. I mean, I, listen, Syracuse is my hometown, known this team my whole life, but everybody knows me as impartial. I don't pick them to win every game and I'm, I'm honest and 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 also I, I love these guys and I care about them. So, you know, for Sean, I want to say higher, but as a broadcaster, my impartiality tells me if he had a good pro day and or a good combine, maybe the later part of the fourth round. Okay. Yeah, Roy's coming in. If I think if we pick a running back, it'll be a UDFA. Yeah, Lance and I've talked about 
the running back market for the Bills. I know, I think Lance, I think you agree with me, kind of have a similar kind of stance on it. It's probably day three or bust for the Bills, kind of yeah. if they're going to go running back. Like, I agree, like Lance's favorite guy, Eric Gray, Oklahoma. He's obviously a potentially round seven candidate. We don't have a round seven pick, but he's also a potential probably UDFA candidate, Lance. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. Eric Gray is a guy that people like uh, Tavion Thomas from Utah, Tyon Evans from Louisville, those type of guys. But yeah. Like, you wonder if they like one of those guys, will they trade like next year's seventh or something to go up and, to the se- and yeah, hundred percent in, the, in, in this seventh round just to make sure they get the one. But yeah, you know, they just, they've drafted, they've started kind of drafting running backs uh, each year and trying to kind of roll through them. It seems so. Would be and nice they, to, they also brought in Damian Harris. So I think they kind of solidified their, Backfield, I know people are going to clamor for Jameer Gibbs at 27, and I know definitely people are going to clamor if he's still on the board at 27, B. John Robinson. I'm hoping and praying because I don't want to deal with that uh, stuff on Thursday night that B. John Robinson's off the board for 27. Not because I don't like the player. I think the player's incredible. I just don't like the fit as much. Uh, let's see what else we got. Kendry Miller and Taji Spears are only right I heard the Bills meeting with. Did I miss any? Lance, what else did the Bills meet with? I know they met with Kendry Miller. Taji Spears. I don't know. Oh, Zach Charbonnet. You Zach you Charbonnet. To builtinbuffalonews.com, you can find the top 30 tracker and you'll see who they meet, met with. They, they did do a top 30 visit with Zach Charbonnet. The, not top 30. Yeah. They did a Zoom Zoom visit with Zach Charbonnet. I have around Talk two. Talk about games. an impressive, impressive running back. Charbonnet looks. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was, when we did the running back position, Charbonnet was the first guy I mentioned mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he, um, Obviously, a round two prospect. He doesn't really fit where we're going to be picking, I don't think. But uh, just really impressive kind of bouncing off tacklers. And, um, Dan, as you know, we've seen a lot of running backs that could run through some tacklers uh, throughout the Syracuse uh, years. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, that Charbonnet is, uh, is a really good really good possibility uh, or really good back. But I, I just don't think it's a possibility for the Bills. I think UDFA is kind of be it for the Bills. Um, just quick, uh, uh, we're going to start to move a little little bit through another topic, but I do want to not uh, miss out on a couple of questions about Garrett Williams and then uh, quickly more so just an overall uh, evaluation of Michael Jones because I feel like a lot of other people might not, you know, like some guys in the comments were just saying that, hey, like, um, Joe, you know, I don't really know the the linebacker is. So, uh, you know, let you kind of give your thoughts there but uh for for Garrett Williams specifically I think that um the big thing for me I think he would fit at a slot corner position here with the Bills scheme pretty well um so so where do you see um his best kind of scheme fit and and what do you like most about his game well and I I do want to make a note really quick here about Spears at Tulane I was at that game uh, I covered Tulane inside of the American when they defeated USC, and I do want to give Spears some love here because he should get drafted in that game. 17 carries, 205 oh, yards, 12.1 yards a carry, and four touchdowns. And so he was phenomenal to watch. And I, so the, the fact that he was brought up here in the feed, I wanted to give him that love. But I would say, you know, for Garrett Williams, listen, he's going to be a steal. No matter what. I mean, Cisco dropped on the board because I think two reasons. One, because he played at Syracuse. So if he was at Ohio State and he was healthy, I think he would have been top eight guy. So playing at Syracuse and being injured, you know, he dipped and they were going to steal him wherever they got him. He ended up in the third round. I think for Garrett Williams, 
there's a lot of NFL teams that have come and, and there was over 20 teams that came to one game this season in the dome. A lot of those, you know, people were obviously looking at Garrett Williams and, and I'll leave the team out of it that spoke with me about this, but they told me that they were there for him. And in that game, he forced the fumble, recovered a fumble and picked off, you know, had a, picked off the ball in the red zone in that game. So, you know, I think I think Garrett's going to be to any team. He's going to be something special. I think he's going to earn his keep. I think like a Cisco, you're going to see him come in and maybe he gets he gets drafted, you know, day two or day three. And then he, you know, he'll make his way and he'll do whatever he needs to do. I mean, remember, Syracuse playing the three, three, five. I mean, you got Garrett Williams playing corner, but you got to learn all these different positions and with injuries and whatnot. Guys had to learn how to be in different places. But I think that, you know, Garrett's done a great job. I think that he brings a lot of different things to any team. And I think when it comes down to it for, I mean, listen, the Buffalo Bills have to play Aaron Rodgers twice now a a season. And uh, at least for the next couple of years, I think he's got two years and outside chance at three. So, I mean, having another corner out there is not going to hurt you in a situation like that. So, I mean, I, I like his technique. I like different things that he's done. You know, I like his footwork. And, you know, he does. I mean, I know people have talked about him playing under control. And, you know, I, I don't really see him get beat a ton. You know, that's that's the thing, too, with him is, I mean, he's he's just, I mean, he's five foot ten, which I think is, you know, obviously good for that position at corner. And what, what he's able to do with his agility, his sniffing out the ball, his he's just learned. I mean, I think if Garrett Williams was healthy, I think that we would be talking about round two. Okay. If we saw consistent health from this guy, I think he would be sparking up boards. I really do. And, you know, I've watched Ify play, uh, you know, Fatu Melifonwu, who went to Detroit, yeah, Trill Williams, who went to Miami, and obviously Andre Sisko, who went to Jacksonville. I think Garrett Williams, who is a teammate of those guys, I think he can hang with them. And I think a healthy that, – that's the unfortunate of Garrett because if we okay. saw him healthy, I think there's a lot more people that would be talking about this guy coming up. But we've already seen – him get national exposure with videos that have been put up very recently that he's going to be a steal of the draft. So, yeah, I mean, how can Buffalo lose if you somehow get him in round three or something like that and you're able to pick up a Garrett Williams and have him be an extra when it comes to the Aaron Rodgers saga? Because I'm not as worried about Tua. I think you guys know why, and it's unfortunate. It's because Tua's good, but he's not on the field enough. And I'm not worried about the Patriots. And, you know, I'm on a Buffalo Bills show right now. And I can proudly tell you that I don't fear the Patriots at all anymore. So, no, 100%. When you talked about Garrett uh, Williams, I have a round three, a round three grade on him. I like him in, in round three, but I also see him a lot like round four kind of guy. Like he's kind of like the back end of day two or yeah. early day three, mid day three, whatever. Same. But I think that also that might help the Bills, right? Like if he slips into round four, and Lance and I have talked about this. Like the Bills' cornerbacks are kind of interesting. Like you have Trey White coming back, and we expect a full healthy season from Trey White. They drafted Kyrie Elam last year. When they used him, I thought he was very, very good. And I think Lance and I are very high on him. They brought back Dane Jackson. And if you look at the numbers of Dane Jackson, he was actually pretty good. So those are three corners. And then you have Taron Johnson, who's one of the best slot corners in the NFL. But Lance, the best slot corner in the NFL. But then Lance and I kind of talked about how 
potentially a year or two down the road, you might have to move off him because you don't want to pay a slot corner that money. You also have Christian Benford, who they liked last year, played pretty decently at corner. They might move him to safety. Actually, we don't know anymore because they have Taylor Rapp, they have DeMar Hamlin. So it's a, what I'm trying to get at here, the crowded crowded secondary with you expect Kyrie Elam and you expect Trey Wade to start. So I would expect the Bills to not be in the cornerback market in round two, round three, especially round one. But if he gets into the round four range and you're like, okay, that's when you can kind of kind of kind of deal with it because I think Bills have picked 130 and 137. That's so you can kind of deal with Garrett Williams. And I think that would it's where he would fit if we're looking at the Buffalo perspective. I don't know if he gets to 130. I don't know if he gets to 137. But I think if we're just talking Garrett Williams, I think I think Lance can agree with me here that that's kind of the Bills are kind of in the fourth round cornerback range. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think did. when you get to day three, you're taking you're taking a lot of best available at 100%. that time. And and I and I agree. I mean, I was nodding my head the, the whole time, Peter, with what you were saying in that respect of back end of round three and and going into round four for Garrett Williams, healthy, consist. I mean, consistent on the field when he's healthy. But if he was mm-hmm. out there for all of his games, I think we would be saying round two or three. And obviously, for his sake, if you're looking at his perspective, and I know that's where you're looking at because you're a Syracuse guy, that's your team, and that's what you cover. Like, big difference between getting drafted in round three on day two and getting your name called on Friday than on round on round four, round five. So it's a huge difference for him if he, because he probably he knows he probably knows exactly where he's slotted in if it's end of round three or round four. So it's a it's a it's a big difference for obviously financially for him, and it's also a big difference when it comes to. Obviously, what team? Because you go in round three, you're expected to play right away. You're expected to excel. You go in round four, round five, you're maybe more of a developmental type of kind of player. So, yeah. Rice coming in here. Can Garrett Williams play special teams? So, what do you think about that? Ooh, yeah, that's and, important too. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. I think that Syracuse has, and I love that question. I appreciate that. Thanks, Roy, for, for sending that over. I Listen, these guys, they're hungry. And there's a lot of Syracuse starters that will play on special teams. And we saw it this season. They love it. They'll literally make a play on defense and then run out on special teams and make a tackle. These, you know, I, I think if you asked Michael Jones, Garrett Williams, you know, literally anybody, I mean, even historically of the guys that they've had in the past year, if you said, hey, we'll put you on a team and, and have you play special teams, they would say absolutely. So the answer to that question, yes, I believe he would and earn his keep. And I think the same thing about Michael. Yeah. I think that's uh, one of the things that was a little bit odd because about when you were talking about Sean Tucker and I didn't want to uh, keep going deeper into just Syracuse stuff at that time, but you know, just with Babers, that's kind of his forte with certain players. He likes to get these guys ready to play in, in the pros. Um, and that's something Syracuse hasn't had a ton of, um, every, every year, you know, before yeah. Dino. So I think that Dino was, um, really good in that regard on getting those guys, the special teams reps, so they can show teams in the pros and have tape on, here's what I can do, um, in the special teams game. And I think that's a perfect point, Dan, that's, um, hundred percent kind of how Dino approaches his guys and how he kind of prepares them to be successes at the next level to say, look, man, you're really talented. Um, but you know, in case, something happens, you know, you want to have this on tape, let's get you out there and and be able to do that. So I think that's um, kind of one of the uh, nice things about seeing Syracuse players in, in the draft prospect just because you already know they're uh, multidimensional with what they can do when they're coming into the pro level because their head coach uh, prepares them that way. 
every safety, every corner, every running back, every wide receiver, every linebacker should be comfortable playing special teams because there's a good chance with all of these names in the NFL draft every year that you might be the fourth or fifth running back. If you're the fourth or fifth running back and you're valuable on special teams, you got a job. If you're a good return guy, you got a job at wide receiver. I mean, you look at corners and wide receivers that Syracuse has utilized for years and safeties to be punt and kick returners, and they have turned out to really make some hay and be valuable. So, you know, what I love, and I love that the question came up, and I appreciate the question. The reason why I love it is because I talked I talked to somebody this year on the team about the fact that I'm like, did you just run out and play on special teams after you made that defensive play? And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I just – I love that because they were excited to do it. It wasn't like Dino said, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll pay off down the road, even if you hate it. The guy was amped up to do it. And I just remember sitting there going, you don't see everybody do this. This is not a normal thing to see a guy knock you down at the line of scrimmage and then turn around and run full speed on a kick return and keep that ball within the 10 or within the five. So there's some good hey. guys out there. And especially if you're Garrett, if you're not just Gary Williams, but if you're a day three pick and you go to a, if we use Gary Williams example, if you go to a secondary like the Bills, it's crowded. There's not a lot of playing time on defensive snaps. You have to play special teams to obviously make the 53 man roster because that's the end goal, but to make a name for yourself. So 100%. I appreciate the Syracuse input. That was great, Dan. So last 20 minutes, I know Lance and I want to shift to more of a broader topic. We'll end with the mock draft as we always do. A little mock draft simulator. Not a full mock draft. That would take us hours. We don't got time for that. But a a Bills mock draft simulator. So I want to talk, before we get to our final draft prediction for the Bills, uh, one bold prediction for Thursday's first round. Lance, I want to start with you. This could be Bills related. This could be Jaguars related. This could be Arizona Cardinals related. But this is draft related. So one bold prediction for Thursday's first round, Lance. What do we got? I'm not sure if it's bold or not, but I mean, I just, my biggest thing, I'm going to stay on this because I want to be consistent for people listening to us is there, the bills are not going to pick at 27. They may not pick in the first round at all. I think they're going to trade back ultimately, but I guess for the sake of uh, hedging my bet, maybe I'll say they're just not going to pick at 27. Um, I, I think it's going to be a move back but they've shown aggressiveness to move up just a few spots. They could get up to 23. Um, you know, if they know that uh, Jacksonville is looking for Bergeron and they really like Bergeron, you could see him go up there and jump in front of Jacksonville. So my, I don't think that the Bills pick at 27. That's my prediction. Dan, what do you got? It could be Jaguars related because I haven't done a lot of, I don't really dive deep into the Jaguars. So Jaguars related, NFL related, what do you got? I think at 24, depending on who's there. I mean, I've said it before, Matt Bergeron could be a pick there for them letting Juwan Taylor go to Kansas City. But I have a bold, bold thought on draft night. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's just something that for argument's sake made sense to me. That Lamar Jackson, with all of this stale, what the hell is going on in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. Houston at number two, Indy at number four, there's definitely, if I was Baltimore, I would have called Sunday. I probably would have called Saturday too. But Sunday, Monday, today, definitely getting in a couple calls, a couple texts tomorrow. I want Houston and Indy to think 
Do you want to draft a quarterback where you don't know what you're going to get? Or do you want to get a surefire, talented guy that when he's on the field, he's pretty darn good? And I am not out of the realm of possibility that on draft night, why it's been so quiet and such a stalemate and so confusing that Lamar Jackson could be a Houston Texan or an Indianapolis Colt on draft night. Crazy yeah, I know Jim Ursay uh, likes to kind of go, he's been doing this, right? So if he got Lamar, that would be the perfect kind of end to that cyclic thing where he could say, all right, I, I went and traded for a high profile or a, or a starting caliber quarterback. And now the, the other guys had just been year or two rentals, but uh, Lamar would obviously be a, a multi-year franchise deal. So um, I would look at Indianapolis on, on the four pick for sure. And, or, I mean, I know Houston obviously is aggressive there too, um, and I don't know how much they love Davis Mills, but like Indy just has like nothing. I don't think in their in their quarterback room right now. No, I don't no, keep going, Dan. You got it. no. No, I was just gonna say. I also think that we could see a Ryan Tannehill trade that would give some capital to the Tennessee Titans, and that whoever picks a quarterback early in this year's draft might bring in Ryan Tannehill to be their quarterback for two years because I don't think anybody is day one ready from the quarterback room in this year's NFL draft. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Tannehill is moved on Thursday, maybe Friday night. And then we saw him go to a team where he gets to teach somebody for a couple of years. Uh, Bold prediction, Pat Shader for a quarterback, Mike Girardi, who actually, I personally know, I met him this fall a couple of times. Great guy. Uh, He, uh, tweeted today about the Patriots have some interest or there's people in the building have interest in Will Levis. So my bold prediction, and you you didn't take it, Dan, but you kind of hinted at the Titans with Tannehill. I think the Titans at 11 either select a quarterback or trade up for a quarterback. I think the Titans are more in the market for a quarterback than people think. So I think my bold prediction, Titans at 11, do they, they might stay. I'm looking at mock draft right now. They have it's on ESPN. They have them taking Will Levis at 11. But I also think they can move up. And I also know with this draft, do we buy the smoke or do we not buy the smoke, right? Like, I think Bryce Young at one to the Panthers is probably a done deal, I would I would think, for the most part. But after Bryce Young, we've heard, I think we've heard multiple things. We've heard Will Levis at two to Houston. We've heard Will Anderson at two to Houston. We've heard Stroud at two to Houston. We've heard Tyree Wilson, to, uh, the recent thing to Houston. So whatever the Texans do is going to kind of dictate the draft. I would say I think Bryce Young won Panthers is probably, I would say, give myself like a 98% chance that happens. After that, it really kind of changes the draft with Houston. And then you have Arizona at three. Like, do they go the best defensive player? Like, do they go Wilson, Carter, Anderson? Or do they try to trade out of that pick and get a ton of draft capital for a team like the Titans or a team like the Raiders maybe move up? Maybe the Colts get scared and move up one spot. But it's going to be a fun Thursday night. Yeah, So let's go. Let's shift to the Bills. And Lance, if the Patriots trade up for a quarterback, how would you be happy or sad? If the Patriots traded up for a quarterback, I'd be happy. If the Bills trade up for a quarterback, I would change teams. But yeah, the Patriots. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I mean, because there's already all the talk about um, Bailey Zappi challenging Mac Jones and the, you know, I know Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones have a relationship, so that's not likely to be much of a challenge, but uh, we'll see. To bring another one into the fold for that competition would just be kind of hilarious, and now the the, the Patriots would kind of start getting on the uh, comical level that you know some of these franchises like the Jets are at. 
<laughs> you just did a little Jets, uh, little Jets dig in there. So let's shift to the Bills before we end with a mock draft. Uh, Dan, you can answer this if you want, but it's it's up to you. I know you're a Jaguars guy. I'll start with Lance first. Lance, besides the Bills moving from 27, we'll say the Bills stay at 27, right? We'll say that because I know what your answer was going to be. Uh, say the Bills stay at 27. Prospect, Lance, who's that guy at 27? Um, probably Mozzie Smith. I'll go just because I want to change it up. Why, 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 why do I ask you questions, Lance? See, <laughs> this is why I did it. Um, everyone wants offense and I know, and I would love to, you know, depending on who there, who's there from the tackle room, I'd love a Darnell Wright as well. Um, or a Broderick Jones. Uh, so I don't know how wide receiver heavy, obviously the first round's going to go. I mean, it's hard to have a final prediction when you don't know who's been selected before you, but, um, but I think that, you know, the, the one guy that I think probably will be there and they could have a ton of interest in is Mozzie Smith. Um, I, I just think that, you know, the fit is pretty good having a team where they don't have any DTs under not Dan Tortoras, but defensive tackles um, under contract past this year. So I think that uh, defense tackles going to be pretty important to them. So Dan, do you have a Bill's bowl prediction? Or you want to give us a Jaguars bowl prediction? You want to give us both? Well, I mean, I, I think I think for the Bills at 27, you know, it could be enticing to take a wide receiver. It could be enticing to bring in Zay Flowers. So from Boston College, yeah. in, in some of my mocks that he's still there, or Quentin Johnston from TCU, there's a couple guys that could be around there that they could bring in at wide receiver to give another weapon to. I would also say, I mean, I've talked about it, but offensive line, and I like the defensive interior that uh, that – you know, obviously has been talked about here by Lance just now for the Jaguars. I mean, I I've said this over and over again for weeks and I'm probably not going to come off of it. They got to go offensive line. They need depth at offensive line. They know that the Jaguars are a team right now that has so much firepower on offense, but they need offensive line help because they need to know who their five starters are. And I don't think there's five true starters right now. They need defensive line depth. They might need another linebacker and somebody in the secondary. So how I would rank that would be offensive line, defensive line, maybe secondary linebacker close, but secondary, maybe a corner or a safety, then a linebacker for, for Jacksonville. So I would still stay on offensive line, best available guy. Uh, Broderick's a guy I thought about. Burrs is a guy I thought about. Anton from Oklahoma, I thought about him Ooh, too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would. Think yeah, it's that, kind of funny. I think that Anton doesn't really get the no, he does play or the love. I mean, he's, he's a, just always there in mocks, and I don't. He's see a hundred percent a first round guy. That the Jaguars could take, the Bills could take, but yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at. I don't know before I get to my Bills prediction. Looking at Matt Miller's mock draft. I don't, Dan, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, they had the Bills taking Quinn Johnson, twenty-seven receiver. But they had the Jaguars take it, Deontay Banks, corner from Maryland. Just give me your quick thoughts if the, the Jaguars decided to go the corner route and maybe Deontay Banks. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a couple different secondary pieces that they could get. I mean, there's 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 guys that have been talked about. Brian Branch, a safety out of oh, Alabama, yeah. mm -hmm. was talked about too. And I know there's a few of us in the Jacksonville world that, that like that. I just don't know if he's going to be there. So – I'm not completely off of a safety or a corner, but I just listen, 
toward the end of the first round, best available guy at the time from offensive line to secondary. I would want to do offensive line, but you can argue with me until the cows come home and I'll listen if it's Brian Branch. If he's still there, if there's guys like that that are still there, then I would I would feel the safety over an offensive lineman. When it comes to my Bills draft prediction, and when I look at this, I'm looking at a guy the Bills had a top 30 visitor on because according to Bean and what Bean has done when it comes to drafting first-round guys, it has to be, minus the COVID year, a top 30 visitor. I'm sticking with my pick 27. I think the Bills go Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. Maybe I'm preaching wide receiver too much. I want a receiver in round one. I'm not against them not taking a receiver, but I think... Say Flowers is probably off the board. Quentin Johnson, such a wild card. I don't know. I think JSN's definitely off the board. I think Jordan Addison, I know not a lot of people love him in the Bills community. I think if he adds a little weight, kid's a stud. Kid was a Blindikoff Award winner at Pitt. Kenny Pickett throwing the ball at Pitt. Goes over to USC. I think he had a good year at USC. I do think he dealt with some injuries, but he also had Caleb Williams throwing him the ball. I think this guy... Maybe four months ago was a clear-cut number one wide receiver in this class. I think JSN kind of took him over, and maybe even Zay Flowers. Jordan Addison's probably my prediction, and I think Jordan Addison will be the pick for the Bills at 27. I'm going to keep this, and I'm going to show you guys, but this is what I think pick 27 is going to be if they don't go offensive line. And I said it, but I'm going to keep this in the studio. Zay Flowers. I think he's going to be there, and I think that they're going to take him if they don't take an offensive lineman, I think they're going to take Zay, and I'm going to leave this in the studio. Dan, I hope you're right. Lance, you hope Dan's right? Yeah, I'm not against wide receiver. By I know. Any. I know you're not. Since uh, I just I, – I don't even want to say wide receiver because I don't want to get my hopes up and then have another, uh, you know, Bills classic thing where they do something completely weird or maybe uh, they do something like New England did. With a, where they draft like a seventh round tackle in the first round or something. So, Lance, fire up the draft simulator. We always end it. It's our final one we're going to do. We're going to be live on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be breaking down round two and round three all night. Stevie Johnson, former Bills receiver, along with other guests, will be joining us as well. Lance and I will make some guest appearances on the Bills chat podcast on the Bill and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network as they'll be breaking down the whole first round and Lance and I will be back next Tuesday recapping every single pick. So we'll recap Friday. Obviously, we'll talk about their picks, what they do on Friday. We'll talk about round one. But we'll recap, I guess, round four, five, six, and seven and everything as a whole on Tuesday. But Lance? Ryan Branch going to the Jaguars in the in the mock here, Dan. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I you guess want to just all trades or you're looking at trades? Let's see. I don't like that trade. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Keep looking. Don't reject it just yet, Lance. Whoa. That's not. I never get this. They always offer like four <laughs> trades in normal, and then one team will offer every single pick they have for the 27th, and I'm just like, okay. like I'm, We're not going to take it because it's just not realistic. Yeah. This one I would think about, but I don't I know think, if that's well, Lance, too, I think you... If I'm going to move that far back, I want – well, what that fourth to be a third? Well, Lance, you and I have talked about this, and I don't. Dan, Lance, and I talked about this. Like, if the Bills are going to trade back, the goal is to have four picks in the top 100. Yeah. I think that's where you kind of want to sit, and this doesn't do that. This gets you nothing, and the Jets can go kick rocks. All right, 
You want Will Levis? Uh, you know what? We could get Will Levis and trade him to the Patriots. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see. You got all the the guys. That you... This is what annoys me, right? Like, I would want to trade back because I think you can get a receiver if you want or a tackle, and then you also get a Drew Sanders. A Jack Campbell, here, actually. You can't see. It's not a guy you usually see show up here. No. Bergeron's there. They're not going to take him at 27. Go to wide receiver again. Look, I think we can all make an opinion here. I think the pick would be Cansey from Pitt. Dan, what are your thoughts if you, as Lance is clicking through the board? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that pick. If yeah. if that's if that, I mean, Pittsburgh and the Panthers got dogs, and do. I've covered them for at least a decade. So. I would have no issue with that pick whatsoever. Yeah, they, they always beat my team. I'm a Virginia Tech football f- hockey fan, so that's my team. So they always, we we stink at playing at Heinz Field. That's, I don't know why, uh, but that's that's we're not good at Heinz Field. Let's roll with it. And I also think that's a Bills pick at 27, yeah, right? For sure. Yeah, we like, talked. No, I mean, I, well, if you look at the board, right? As much as I said, Mozzie Smith. I mean, he's the best DL. He's better than Mozzie. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. He I also, like, I wouldn't be mad about this. If the Bills decided to go down this route, shout out to Patriots. <laughs> oh, you guys don't get an you guys don't get an opinion there. Sorry, we don't get it. See, that's this is a, <laughs> this is why also I think the Bills should trade back because I think you can do that and also get a receiver like a Hyatt or Downs, and it makes more sense at not twenty seven. That's just my opinion. Bergeron. Oh, oh then we got to uh, take him, right? I think we have to take him. No, he was all the way down. Oh, is he there still? He's there, oh, Lance. Oh, he's there. There he is. Ninety one. This is why don't you, don't you love mock draft simulators that make no sense sometimes? Oh yeah, they, I've I've done some of them that throw me off completely. I'm so, I'm so I, I've gotten like Andre Carter still being here is crazy to me. Yeah, I don't, no, I, we're not. I don't like this. Sorry. What happened? Yeah, we got to start over. Dude, put on to, fast. Put on fast. You put on normal. How do you do it? Go back. We do it again, Lance. Go. Jeez. Hey, I'm not going to let us go. This is the last chance we get, man. Got have nothing. The, have the Bills trade up for Bryce Young. I'm also, I don't know about, I, I don't know. Do I do a lot. Of, I can't do a lot of stuff sharing the uh, screen. That's why. I don't know about you guys, but I'm mock draft simulator out. Like I am. Yeah, for sure. So done with these. What happened to the mock draft? Lance? Are we done? No, we're going. I'm so done I'm with these mock worried. drafts. Like I just want it to happen. Like I, I was doing a couple today. I'm like, I'm getting bored of this. Like it's the same. Like it's just. Okay. I'll be doing mine on Thursday, and then we're doing a live on-site draft show at oh. Pizza Man Pub in Baldwinsville at 50 Oswego Street in mm. Baldwinville, which is actually a Beville Bills backers bar. Oh shoot! Sure. So I'll be with a bunch of Bills fans there, hopefully on Thursday night. Go check that nice. out, guys. Best draft, best Syracuse place for the draft that I was at Cobblestone one year with some people, and it was. See, this is what I'm talking about when they offer you about every single pick. This is every pick, and I will take that if they were to offer that. But yeah, Houston Houston has shown that they've been not intelligent in decision making, is what I'll say. Right, exactly. Now that would be so. Harrison's here, Bergeron's here, obviously. Um, JMS, I love. Oh, uh, Brian Howell. Breesy can go kick rocks. I'm not a Brian Breesy fan. Watching too much ACC football because that's what I watch. I Brian Breesy just scares me with the injury history. I don't know. 
I can understand. Yeah, this is a yeah. definitely a more realistic board that might fall to Buffalo. So this is where you're going to have to take a Harrison. Well, this is where you trade back, but we didn't get yeah. anything. We got nothing. We didn't we got... get anything. Yeah, I proposed. You can take Mozzie if you want to. Want to go? There's the Mozzie Smith. Um, I would take Anton Harrison here. That's who I would go. Is he there? Oh, okay. Yeah. Then yeah. That's about yeah. yeah. I think that's uh, probably a, their pick. Um, if they're pick, if they're gonna have to pick it, yeah. It's so nice to sit in on a mock draft that I don't have to run. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Nice I don't know jump. what this the site is like. Really weird right now, but yeah. Um, are we gonna double dip at tackle and go Bergeron again? I think you go Juice Sanders. What are the yeah, wide receiver markets? What's the wide? Why is it? Yeah, why? This is being weird. What's the wide receiver market? Ooh, I hate these contracts. I think we got to trade back. This is driving me nuts. Yeah. The board felt like this. I'd be very annoyed. Besides Anton Harrison, uh, let's go. Go to Ika. Go linebacker. Go Drew Sanders. You sure you don't want Trenton Simpson? I'm more on Drew Sanders' board now than Trenton Simpson. I'm Drew Sanders over anybody. All right. Dan, you got to break the tie. Go Sanders or Simpson? Go with Sanders. Ah, uh, man. Oh, they agree. Gotta go for it. I even look at the comments. What are the, any comments we got going on here? Oh, we got three comments. Can't see is too small. Izzy, you can go kick rocks. Uh, I'm joking, Izzy. I love you. Guys, get ready for another year of overhyped Bills football. I don't want to engage with you. I'm not joking. Uh, not, yeah, you know what? I don't think we're going to get another year of overhyped football. Uh, no, it's going to be the complete opposite. It's going to be overhyped New York Jets football. Oh, yeah. Because every time this morning on Get Up on first take, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Jets win the division, Jets win the Super Bowl. So Dickens is there. The Bills are not going to get overhyped like they did last year, which might be actually good for the Bills. Yeah, I think the overshadowing of Aaron Rodgers might actually help the team to play more freely. Yeah, hundred percent expectation. And the Packers, not the Packers, the Jets have a ton of expectations. And the Jets and the Jets trade's interesting, right? Like, obviously, you move up. You, I guess, you move back. They didn't really spot. lose anything. They didn't. They went from thirteen to fifteen. Yes, and so, they had forty-two and forty-three. So they gave up forty-two. They kept forty-three. So yeah. they're drafting in virtual the exact same spot, pretty they much in the first second, round. second round. And they have Aaron Rodgers, and they have all this young talent. That by the time Aaron's done those guys will still be under contract for the most part. The biggest thing is like, obviously they lose a second round pick this year, right? So they do lose that. So they obviously yeah, they, they, they don't, too. yeah, they have two. They don't so need they them because they've drafted so well in the last couple. Of years. Exactly. The one thing is the next year's first, obviously could potentially be important, but if it does, how they play the weird. Yeah. And the weird thing is like, if that pick turns into a second round pick, that means the trade failed for the jets because that means Rogers didn't play 65% of the snaps. And that means he was injured. Right, so. Yeah. I think he will. No, I agree. I agree. I think you will. I still think the Bills win the division. That's just that's just my. It's between the Bills and the Jets. I I think Patriots are on the bottom, and Miami depends on what Tua does. Oh, you want? Oh, Lance is just going. He's just rocking. Yeah, We're he, talking about the Jets and all this stuff, and he, I, I know, man. It was it was in the third round. Sign me up, Lance. Like I'm it. just yeah, I'm just wrecking this draft right now. So it's like, do you go Kendra Miller? Now the one guy I've been. Love with the speed is Jacorian Bennett from Maryland. Have you covered uh, Bennett at all? Or have you see? Have you heard much about him? Uh, what's your thoughts on Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland? Jacorian Bennett. So, so Maryland. Okay. So, to me, this team is a team where they've had some good moments, but they've also 
not, you know, overly wowed you. Uh, Jacorian's coming off of a season where, mm, yeah, I mean, I think. I I mean, he's he's got he's got a couple of interceptions each of the last couple seasons here. I'm not the biggest Jacorian Bennett fan. I would say, I mean, he's 5'11 at corner, hundred around 195. Uh, who else is on there? I think you go uh, go back to D-tackle. You see, you went Byron Young. See, you went Byron Young. That's who I would have won. My girlfriend's coming in ready for the real thing. Yeah, everyone's ready for the draft. The Bills get KJ the Henry was there. We've been drafting KJ Henry on here a lot. Um, we took Mingo, so the receiver isn't necessarily a huge need right there. And um, ooh, this is something they might actually do. Yeah. yeah, I would do it. Accept it. Accept it. Yeah. So Lance, Bill's getting DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I think they would. Uh, I think they should. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the trade that's back. No, I'm not saying they should or would do that. Yes. Yes, Dan, they do. Is DeAndre think, Hopkins a Buffalo Bill? I think this week, I, I think I felt better. About, I still feel good about it. I feel better than 50% about it. I felt better. I felt really good about it initially, but I think I think if DeAndre, I mean, listen, he was in Houston where nothing was happening, and he was arguably, arguably at the time, the best receiver in the country. Yeah, he goes over to Arizona, and they switch their coaches like underwear. So he was in a situation where I think he thought it was going to be better than it ended up being. If I'm DeAndre Hopkins right now, I've made money. I'm going to still make money. If I had a choice of the teams that he could look at right now, I would go. I would go to Buffalo. Yeah, Bills and Chiefs. You can, obviously you can't go wrong with Mahomes or Allen throwing yeah, the ball. I, I, do the, the Chiefs don't need him, but I no. think if there's a little bit of an ego, he knows the Bills could get. I mean, you put DeAndre and Stephon. I mean, come on, come on. I also I mean, think like I would like if the Cardinals come asking on Thursday, we'll take we'll take ninety one. That's all we want. I would take it. I would give him my third round pick for DeAndre Hopkins because then you don't have to go after a receiver. Like you don't have to worry about like, Zay Flowers in the first round. Like you you cross that off. And then you could take your D tackle, be happy, and Bills fans will be happy because they got DeAndre Hopkins, and everyone has a fun day. If but that's not DeAndre you. Hopkins. I think a lot of Bills fans might not even pay that yeah. much attention to the draft. So and, I mean, they'll watch it, but they won't be as overly nervous. But then you can go a D tackle because you literally just erase the need right away. Oh, yeah. you, the receiver's the need, you erase it, and that's how you counter right away with all this Jets talk. Talk you counter. You know what? We'll go. We'll, we'll get. We'll get DeAndre Hopkins and. Uh, Stefan Diggs have fun. We look uh, at it like this. You got Sauce Gardner, who I covered in college at Cincinnati. If you got D Hop and Stefan, Sauce can only guard one of them. And Gabe Davis will have is going to start flying. And I think Gabe Davis gets a little knocked on for yeah. too many reasons. I like Gabe Davis as like a two B. Like I think he can be yeah. a two B receiver. And, and I, I guess- covered him at UCF too. And I I was talking about him at least a year before. People started talking about him in Buffalo, and I said, you know, watch out for this guy. I'm excited about this guy. I think this guy's going to be all right. So, you know, to to see mm-hmm. what he's done and to see people start to enjoy Gabe Davis is is a good sign. But they need to go back and watch his UCF tape. So the uh, Bills are going to go all SEC here. Is that what I is that what you just did? Did you just go all is SEC? Oklahoma and, is no, Oklahoma not oh, yeah, yeah, moving. Not yet. Oh, Oklahoma yeah. and Texas are moving to the SEC. Oh, there. my God. You almost want to feature. <laughs> <We> just, <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't think, yeah, think Buffalo is going total I, SEC, but you did. So that's. Oh, okay. you went, you took a Syracuse player and you got a grade of F. Nice job. They, yeah, at the, end we, at the end, we had to go. Mikel, make sure he got drafted there. I was, I got, I was getting bored. And so I, uh, 
That was a friend pick. That was a we know the family of no not saying Mikel Jones is not a good player. That's one of those picks. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for the draft. I think DeAndre Hopkins, not for the draft, for our draft show. I think DeAndre Hopkins is gonna be a Buffalo Bill. Lance, you might want to get the simulator off the screen. Oh, I got it off the screen for us. No worries, no worries. I'm doing our thing. Where where did that three person thing go? Okay, whatever. No worries. The Bills draft. Thursday, the Jaguars, obviously, Jeff Thursday. It's going to be a fun round one. Bill's Chat podcast is going to be covering it. They're going to have a great guest on the Bill and Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. Lance and I will be doing it once again. NFL Draft round two and round three, the Buffalo Blitz podcast presents. 7 p.m. Eastern, April 28th, live reactions and coverage on all picks in both second and third rounds. Special guest. Former Bills wide receiver Stevie Johnson will be hopping on at 7.30 to 8 o'clock. And then we got other guests throughout the night. So you guys don't want to miss this. Also, follow us on social media for you guys to see this. Dan, plug anything you got. Plug your show. Plug your social media. Plug your draft coverage. Anything you got, go for it. Sure. No, I appreciate it. Thank you to uh, to both you, Peter and Lance. So, yeah, so wake up call Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. It's heard re- worldwide and you can watch it as well. YouTube.com and Facebook.com, both backslash wake up call DT, wake up call DT.podbean.com. From there, our archive carries on Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. I I said iHeart. Uh, Podbean, Podvine, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so on and so forth. We're very hard to miss. Just search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora or Wake Up Call DT. Uh, social media, Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT, and Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. This Thursday, 6.30 p.m., Pizza Man Pub on stage with Al Romano, Pitt Panther, who won a national championship with Tony Dorsett on that Pitt Panther team. So Al and I will be doing Off the Rails with Al, a sub piece of what I do at Wake Up Call. And our draft will be live on site at Pizza Man Thursday night, giving our mock draft starting at 630, leading in to the draft itself on Thursday, April 27th. Lance, promo code, plug the sponsor. Yeah, Underdog Fantasy is the best daily fantasy app in the market. Promo code BLITZ gets you 100% deposit match from $10 to $100. Uh, you have best ball drafts, uh, daily drafts where you can compete just on one day, draft a team of baseball, football, basketball, whatever you want. Um, there's college, although you can't do that in New York. But uh, yeah, go to do a draft or there's a pick em feature that's really cool picking props for players and even uh, over or higher or lower um, fantasy points as well. So you can uh, mix it up and, and just have a really cool selection of ways to play and, uh, and compete and test your sports knowledge. Yeah. Underdog fantasy promo code blitz. Make sure you guys sign up. If you guys did miss this episode, don't worry. You can rewatch it on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or if you prefer the podcast version, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It will come out tomorrow morning. Dan, once again, we appreciate you coming on and spitting some draft coverage and some Syracuse. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And a big-time shout-out to you all for reaching out. So it means a lot to me. Happy to spend some extra time with you and rest the pipes now and get ready for the morning. Of course, of course. Make sure you guys check out a show tomorrow morning. Thank you. Of course, Lance and I will be back on Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, all day all the time from 7 p.m to 12 p.m lance how excited 
are you for the show? Let's go. Yeah, get in there. We got Stevie Johnson coming on, man. I spent a couple of days with him last week. Really good dude. Um, really done doing really good things. So uh, really quick, if you guys are going to join in, we're going to do some super chatting uh, with yeah. Stevie. So get in with the super chats. Uh, all super chat donation or all super chat is going to be donated to his nonprofit. So uh, go out there and make sure that you, um, you know, tune in, super chat us and um and let us know you know let stevie know what questions you got for him and then you know throughout the whole show keep us company and uh yeah and you know we're gonna roll through every pick that's made so uh two rounds that's 64 right and uh i think even at the end of oh, round three it's gonna be compensatory picks so yeah. it's gonna be really cool um to see what teams do san francisco doesn't pick till 99 and then they have three picks in the last uh few so they have 99 101 and 102 or something like that it's crazy so it's going to be really fun just a lot of different uh a lot of different things are going to happen i really think the bills are going to have four picks in day two so uh Speaking tune into that we'll, we're, we're gonna have to uh let josh and luca come on just to have to announce the first pick maybe at 30 something and uh i feel bad for him i'm not sure but uh yeah uh you know go out there please participate be in the comments i like to uh I like to see all the comments and whatnot. So, so stay engaged, and, and we appreciate everyone uh, for supporting the Buffalo Blitz. Thank you. Yeah, Stevie Johnson, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Show starts at 7, goes into the end of the draft. You guys don't want to miss it. Super Chats goes every single penny you donate in the Super Chat. If it's one cent, if it's 99 cents, if it's a dollar, if it's $5, supports his nonprofit, his charity. Great cause. And we'll put it on social media as well. If you missed this episode, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, you can rewatch them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify tomorrow. Friday night, guys. You guys don't want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. The energy drinks are going to be flowing. The draft talks oh, yeah. going to be spitting. And we're going to be breaking down every single pick. We got other content creators from Bills fans, from 49ers fans. We got a Patriots content creator coming on. We're going to be doing everything. Until then, he was Lance, I was Peter, and this was the Buffalo Blitz on the Built on Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. We'll see you guys Friday. Thank you. <laughs>